Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm Susanna Constantine, and this is my wardrobe malfunction, a place where a very special guest and I dissect their life in clothes, and a lot else besides. This is our 19th Zoom episode and was recorded in August 2020. We've had some amazing and very surprising guests. Please do check them out and spread the word. This, I think, is officially the last dodgy sound one, so please bear with it. You can find it as a video at myawardmail.com, where you can also see our pyjama party and join us by emailing your own clothing stories to help at myawardmail.com. Finally, Please do subscribe, rate and review, and follow us on the usual socials at My Ward Mal. Right, on to today's special guest, a real-life singing legend who also happens to be one of my dearest friends. It's Lulu! So, let's grab the handles, open my wardrobe doors, and find out what's inside! Ladies and gentlemen, today I am with someone who I have the privilege to call one of my dearest friends, the iconic singer, Lulu. Welcome, Lulu. (laughs) I just about finished my toast. Oh my God, what are you like? Well, I have to snack throughout the day, I get, because I have low blood sugar. I mean, I'm a sugar addict, let's let's be honest. Let's put it all on the table. Now listen, my darling, you're such an iconic figure in music and and style, actually, especially in the 60s, some of those outfits that you had. It's quite hard to know where to start. But have you always been fashion conscious, do you think, even when you were a real ass? Well, I I think my mother was very aware. My mother was very self-conscious and and, and really highly strong. And, you know, she had issues of of her personal issues, you know, emotional issues and nobody ever diagnosed the fact that I think my mother was depressed after probably her first child and her second and her third, you know. So she coped with life, my mother. And one of her things was that she was insecure about the way she looked. So she wanted to always look her best. And it was a little bit of an obsession. So I think we carry some stuff through, we learn from our parents, you know. So I became very obviously very early, be aware of what to wear, what not to wear. And from the very, very, is that a good title? What to wear, what not to wear. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, maybe that's a new show we did. Okay. <laughs> so my, from a tiny little girl, I was telling her how not to do my hair. I wanted to, in a ponytail. And I say, no, I do it. I, you know, as children do, the little girls do. But I would pull it so it was like my mother said you're gonna hurt yourself and I would get the ribbon I'd wrap it around I'd hold my ponytail against the wall and tie it so there begins what do you think from then on I became you know like like my mother probably was you know obsessed with how I looked and clothes and it and it was was fed too by this 
I'm going to jump to the 60s, you know, by the fact that I was short. I had a little fat face and mm-hmm. I hung out with rock and roll stars. Like you think of the Beatles and the Stones and just think of them alone. Don't think of any, any anybody else. Mm. You know, their girlfriends were mostly models, six feet tall, skinny, stick. I mean, a bit like you. You were a stick when yeah. you were young and very tall. Yeah. And had that great, what my nieces and I call posh girls hair. Thick hair. My hair was thin, yeah. you know. <laughs> That's what we say. I don't know why we give it to poor poor posh girls get the blame for having <laughs> thick hair, you know. <laughs> but I was absolutely, as you asked, the long-winded answer, kind of conscious of fashion. Yeah. But when but so when you I mean you had you started in a band, you were 12 years old when you first um started your own little band, but you were only 15, Lulu, when your hit single, Shout, came out. How did you, well, A, how did you cope with that? And did you choose what to wear? I mean, because you, you, not only did you obviously have an incredible voice, an iconic, memorable voice, but also the image of you, like you say, that sort of petite little Glaswegian form. Did you, kind of, did you devise that look or was it just who you were? It just so happens that I was, I was very, very lucky, Susanna, because, and I think I put, the fact that I'm still alive, still kicking, still doing, working in the music industry and doing what I love, has a lot to do with the fact that I had a manager, uh, Marion Massey, who, whose husband was in the fashion business. So she was very also kind of aware of the image. And I, she helped me but looking back I, I don't think I had an iconic image I look at Blondie and I think that's a look that's a look that's a look I didn't have it but you know other people looking at you see you differently so she yeah. would help me we would find clothes together yeah but I don't agree with that I think you you as a person maybe hadn't were were an iconic figure physically because of your your stature and because you you were the kind of girl next door almost in how you looked that yeah. so many that's I think really helped you garner all these fans because you were accessible. I think you're right. People people do look at you and see you and, and I'm sure I had a look, but it, for me now it wasn't the look that I should have had, you know. So that's the critic yeah. in me. But I think you're right. But more more than anything, I think you've nailed it by saying that I was relatable. Because yeah. I was very Glaswegian, very Scottish, very ordinary. And yeah. just had this voice, which I knew was not ordinary. Yeah. Even though I was insecure about how I looked, I was very shy with boys. I, I, I would always look like I wasn't, but I was. Yeah. And uh, I, I think what I did know was anybody could come up and they could sing and I could blow them away. Yeah. If I opened my mouth because I was so small and it was rough and it was raw and it was actually a force or I was felt that I was a channel, you know, even though I, I, I wouldn't have been able to articulate it then, but I was, it's a gift. When you can sing, when you have a talent for something, and I believe that most people do have a talent, it's about knowing what that is. Mm. I, mine was obvious from work, so I was lucky. And I've always said I've got angels on my shoulders because I am lucky. I'm teaming to this day. So I know that 
I, the girls always related to me because I wasn't a tall model. Mm. I was short. I was ordinary. But I had a voice. Yeah. I mean, you've talked about it quite a lot that, you know, you've, you've talked about your fear and anxiety at that time. And was it your talent that carried you more than, was it your voice more than your looks that, that carried you through that and, and almost sort of was your armour, if you like? I, I think you're right. I think it was the fact that I, the one thing I was sure of, was that I could sing. Mm. I, I thought I was a funny, ugly duckling, you know, like, mm. uh, and, and I, that's why I think you become really focused on what you're wearing because it's mm. all about the outer thing. Mm. But the inner thing was the fact that God gave me a talent to connect with people through my voice. My grandfather used to say when I was very young, that wheel, when she sings those sad songs, it makes me want to greet because I had such a feeling for it, you know. Yeah. Um, so there I am, yeah. And I'm like in the middle of the 60s, like hanging with the Beatles, stones, like I keep saying, the animals, the kinks. And I mean, terrified as I was, Susanna. Yeah. I, I stuck with it. I, 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 I you know, and it, it, I don't think it was easy, but it was so magical on so many levels mm. that, I, and I kind of went with it because I must have known deep inside this was this was what it was. This was meant to be. You know, your voice is it's interesting. I know this is about clothes, but when you know some people's voices, like let's say Elton John, for example, his voice has matured and he's become more of a baritone and he's adapted. Mm. Mm, songs, yes. melodies to that but your voice has never changed you've still got it hasn't become deeper it's you still got that power and that rasp but it's still got a girlish edge to it that's interesting too that's interesting that you're saying that mm. somebody <laughs> during the lockdown I had to phone, I think it was at the bank, I think the bank about, you know, they were being very careful. Everyone was, you know, everyone's upside, let's face it, we're still upside down, but the first few months, I had to speak to the bank about something. And um, so they asked me these questions, you know, and, and like my mother, I, I mean, that, you know, your mother's name, your mother's maiden name, yeah, you know, yeah. the obvious questions, but there were one or two questions about, do I have, do I pay this on a, is it, I mean, the question that obviously I didn't, I said, do you know what? I don't really know. I'd have to phone <laughs> my bookkeeper. <laughs> because also being born practically a pop singer, there's a lot of things that get taken care of for you. Yeah. At my age, I take care of much more than I ever used to when I was very young. But I'm also getting old, so I forget things. So I said, well, I'm not sure about that. So long story short, he he we, we got back onto my office and my office said he said he thought it was you and he recognized you know lulu it could be lulu but your voice was so young that he thought you couldn't be 72. i mean you are extraordinary but and also lulu the other thing is is that you know, when I see, I think back to you to the Eurovision Song Contest and that little pink frock with the kind of beading. <laughs> I know. That's iconic. iconic. Yeah, yeah, that's iconic. You are someone. You have, and I don't, don't, I don't mean this in a in a rude way at all. But you have 
you've become better and better looking as you've got older. Oh, you are so kind. You are a bitch. You are so amazing. How is that possible? You just like, don't you? But it's just really annoying. But you have. You've become better. You've always had the perfect boobs and you've still got the perfect boobs. Oh, my God. Which everyone I've seen in all their naked glory. Yes, you have. And you have. And we've compared. We've got quite similar boobs, actually, haven't we? We have. Full, full. Full. full and they don't go down to our knees. They kind of go sideways a bit. But they're still my there. <laughs> Absolutely. Mine are going down further, though. I'm sorry. They're beginning no. to pull down. It's like, I, 72, are you getting me? But I, you know... Thank you, God. You know, so many women women have trouble, yeah, with their breasts. That no matter what a critic, what a powerful critic I have in my head, I do thank God every day for everything that I have for my life, for my health, yeah. and I, you know, whatever it is, even though they go sideways. <laughs> yeah. But also, you know, with the voice, my voice goes down, has gone down a little bit. But I have worked. I do very, very rigorous exercises for my voice, and I used to for my body but not yeah. anymore, Susanna. I don't, I mean, stretching is about it. I, I injured myself trying to do the seven Tibetan, whatever they're called during COVID. And I injured my back. Oh my God. It oh was like sciatica, the pain. But yes, I think I am very lucky to have um, a, a body that's in proportion, but I always wanted to have legs as long as yours. Yeah. Bitch. Well, sorry. <laughs> but my love, so going back to clothes, so you had that, I mean that the in the Eurovision Song Contest, what was it? Boom bang a bang. Boom bang a bang, boom bang a bang, when you are near. Boom bang a bang, boom bang a bang, loud in my ear. Pounding away, pounding away, won't you be mine? Boom bang a bang bang all the time. And I cut that song out when I thought I had matured. I thought these lyrics are just not good enough for a woman who is But I put it back in because I'm trying to regress. So who chose the pink frock for you? Well, I was doing a TV series then, and um, I had to have like four or five different outfits made. They were all made. Mm. Um, Why were they made? Was that because you were such a wee thing? that? Yeah, that... so that they would fit perfectly. Okay. Yeah. And so that you can choose. I mean, today you wouldn't do that, would you? you, you your yeah. stylists would run out to all, and I never really wore high fashion. But mm. I think we obviously knew what was going. It was a little Koreji, a little Koreji. Mm. But it had the, the right sort of top, you know, and the little sort of bodice so that it showed my shape and uh, all that. And, it, and those applique flowers. And, but, you know, I used to get have fittings for four or five outfits every week. And something yeah. would always be at lunchtime because I'd be rehearsing from, yeah. from 10 until 6. Lunch break, you'd have fittings, and I almost would almost faint a lot of the time standing there with the bloody pins in, you know, and the bras. But you know, it, you know, you're we we're supposed to talk about a malfunction here, and it's always been around bras. Please tell me what your worst wardrobe malfunction has been. I mean, it's kind of a weird story. It's a weird, weird, peculiar, but just this is not exactly what you would put in the category malfunction. It was. I was Scottish, remember, and I was... You're still Scottish. I am, but I was more, I was fresh out of Scotland then, <laughs> and fresh from my mother's breast, if you know what I mean. So right. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, my manager, and I actually began to speak, and I still have some of her, her, her speech habits, 
because she spoke beautifully. And I tried to be understood because you know, the irritating thing was going, I'm digressing again. I say, can I have that? And they go, pardon? Can I have that too, please? I would just sort of send people up because you know I'm always changing my accent. Yeah. And uh, I would mimic Marion because I found that I was understood more down south. So Marion, when I went to a gig once and I, oh, I forgot my bra, the, the right color bra for the outfit. And I think you could probably have seen something, but not a lot because as I just mentioned, coming from Scotland, Maybe prudish is a good word. Yeah. But also very also good. very, very naive. Naive is an even better word. Naive and sort of holding on, holding on tight, even though I was out in the world. Everybody in the world in the 60s was, was throwing their bras off. Yes. I held on to mine so tight. <laughs> I held on to mine so tight. It was painful it was absolutely painful but I'm, I'm saying to my oh and of course it was very important that everything was perfect because the kind of background I come from in my family not that I'm going to moan about my father who was an alcoholic and all that but it, you know what that does is it sets you up to have certain patterns and mine was about controlling as much as I could in my life because my 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 family life was slightly nutty you know and out of control and that's just something be, you, yeah you take on Anyway, so there am I trying to control everything. The bra had to go with the outfit. And I said to Marion, oh, my bra, I've left my bra. I haven't got the right bra. And she looked at me very calmly, you know, with a beautiful accent in her Chanel, you know, with her very, very sleek brown, thick brown hair and her pearls, you know. She said, why don't you go on without a bra? <laughs> what? I mean... I had never heard anything so disgusting, so absolute. Can you believe? I was 16 at the time, probably. And are you nuts? Me? Me? I what the bloody deal was that, you know? But I just was, my mother used to wrap herself in a, a, a what do you call it? a girdle? Not a girdle. What did she call it? But it was a girdle, you know? She was yeah. wrapped up in that. She wore big, big bras that looked like, well, they called them liberty bodices at the time. I okay. mean, so I never wore anything kind of sexy and small like all the other girls. I was in a bra, proper bra. Like <laughs> so the fact that she suggests I reveal these two little chachabingas, which were really not that big then, they have got bigger, was the most horrifying experience so for me did to go, you go out without a bra did you did you perform without a bra i did okay it was it was i was sweating because she was such a kind and obviously had a lot of common sense but she was very kind of maternal towards me and she was right very smart mariam and she talked me around well she let me go then oh absolutely forget it don't go without your bra which made me think maybe i could go without a bra that's what I'm like yeah. I'll say no and then I'll think about it maybe I should so yeah. I did go on without a bra and I could hardly perform I mean could hardly sing I did the show because I'm a I'm a professional but it was torture so it's not like it was a malfunction and everything fell down or I was like Janet yeah. Jackson and the bra and the boobs were out but it was to me for me it couldn't have been worse. We say wardrobe malfunction, but it's it's when your clothes let you down, and when yeah, you know, it's when it, they ch your clothes a 
affect how you're feeling. They affect your confidence or you of course feel they do. or ashamed or it's all part of the same thing. So that, that I, I totally get that where you're so used for the comfort of your upholstered bra. But did, I want to know, Lulu, did it liberate you? Did that liberate you from wearing a bra, that experience? As a, as a person, and you probably, I mean, you do know these things about me, you know a lot about me, because we, we, are, we have gotten deep down dirty yeah. in our communicating with each other, uh, and been vulnerable and really, you know, related a lot of things that we don't talk generally, or I don't talk publicly about, no. because I'm, well, I'm really no. a private person. We hold a lot be. of each other's secrets. Yes, yeah. but I am a person who holds on tight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have. I, one, I remember a woman doing my horoscope. She did a chart for me once, and she was from Texas, and she said, Lulu, in this lifetime, you got to learn to let go, let go, let go. And actually, she was so on the money. Yeah. I was shocked, and I have that. I, that's something I work on in my personal life, to be not so controlling because I always thought I had to be Miss Perfect because then, you know, when I started to make money, my family had a bit more, well, I was able to take care of them more. Right? And then, then what that did, what that exacerbated my control issues, you know, I felt if I don't make the money, if I'm not perfect and everything, you know, falls apart financially, then everyone will die. The, we will come to an end. It was just ridiculous but that was the kind of I felt overly responsible yeah you know having been given a lot of responsibility as a child but I've worked a lot of it and I'm actually much more laid back in my darling so now um so you won Eurovision and then you've worked with with some iconic fashion icons too I mean for god's sake the people well actually also quickly when you when um to sew with love I'd just like to point out because I totally aware of this but yours was the selling single at the time meeting aretha franklin respect ruby tuesday i'm a believer and all you need is love i mean those are some of the most well-known well-loved songs this world has ever had and you beat them all but anyway that's an aside you don't need because you're but gonna... actually that's a very important part i i, I know it's not to do we well, you, that's what happens when we start talking we can get really into it that's a very important part of my life and my career because the fact that i got involved if you think of black lives matter today yeah i was a part of something that made a statement even though i wasn't aware of it when i did the film because to sew with love was such a huge success, Susanna, because of what that film Sippy Quartier is the benchmark for all the great black actors today. And, you know, that was such a huge thing because, you know, white and black people were not even meant to touch each other or yeah. get close, you know, on movies until that one. And they couldn't have made it in America, they made it here. And it broke all box office records in the history of Columbia Pictures and the song went to number one. And all the black, you know, the really cool black Actors and, and, and musicians in America used to say, "We are not worthy, Sister Lou." Yeah, so yes, it was an amazing, amazing. And that's that's why the, that's why that song took over from all those amazing musicians and those records you mentioned because it had the film behind it. It broke. Yeah. It actually broke yeah. barriers. Yeah, extraordinary, extraordinary mm. time. Mm. But did you have? Um, kind of not so much when you were growing up. You had your mother who you respected sartorially, um, and did you? 
kind of later on, who were your sort of fashion icons? Who did you look to and think, wow? Well, I used to love, um, don't love. I love Doris Day. I loved her movies and I loved Rock Hudson. Actually, my mother loved Rock Hudson. So there am I getting influenced by my mother. But of course, they were very happy movies. My mother would never, ever see a British movie. She yeah. thought they were crap. But oh. really, what, what it was is that American movies were fantasy. They were glamorous. My mother had lived through the war. And so she... Um, you know, that was her dream. So I used to go to see all the American movies. People like Doris Day were fabulous. And she wore outfit, outfit, outfit. And she wore a lot of courage, actually, yeah. I think. Or, or if she didn't wear courage, she wore clothes that were influenced by, maybe Halston, I don't know, somebody in America copied, you know. And so I, I used to love that. And I loved um, the way it made me happy. Yeah. Those films made me happy. Those clothes made me happy because yeah. it was technicolor. It wasn't, you know, um, a lot of British films were black and white and, you know, they were, you know, kind of like just same as everything else around you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. How would you describe your style now, Lulu? Because I think you're oh. more rock and roll than you've ever been, and you're kind of yeah. in your very early 70s. I think what happened was that when I came in, I mean, I was, it was a whirlwind, Susanna. Mm. I, I, you know, I hit the ground, boom, running. The whole world had its eyes on us, on London. There was a revolution going on and we were the center of this revolution. So, and it was all about, we changed the face of, I mean, we, I say we, I was just in the mix there, but yeah. the, the Brits changed fashion. They changed, you know, even politics, you know, they influenced anything and everything, fashion, music. Um, <clears throat> and, and, and it was just, and, and you know, women were becoming liberated. So it was scary for a 15 year old. I was pretty, even though I was scared, I would not yeah. show it. But inside yeah. it was like, mommy, help me, help me. I used to cry myself to sleep oh, at no. night. I did. What, you, what was your question, by the way? I've, I've forgotten. No, I go off. Oh, God, I can't. You and I together, honestly. Um, <laughs> no, I know. How would you describe your style now? I was trying to find, I didn't yeah. have a style in the 60s. No. And even though I, I mean, I did wear those white boots and in Glasgow, they used to call them Lulu boots. You know, the short, those white boots that were just under the knee um, with a bow. And I think Courage designed those. But um, 
I was trying to find who I was and Marion being sort of middle class, she wasn't like a hip cool, she didn't go to art school or anything like that. You know, like when someone like Brian Ferry comes in, you know, he's mm. totally got, he's got the visual thing all sorted, you know. I was trying to find who I was and I think because my manager, bless her heart, thought I could do anything. She said, you can sing, you can act, you're funny, you're gorgeous, you're cute, you're this, that. And I would go, oh, God, she's mad. But <laughs> she made me do everything that I could do, which was be interviewed because I could talk. I learned to sort of be more articulate, I suppose. I would, I would read books because of her that I would never have read before. I became more worldly, of course, because I traveled and I traveled with Marion. And I met people and I learned from people and I was, I was curious and I was hungry. Um, so what happened was I became more Marion than I became Lulu, you okay. know, and I became sort of like, sort of a bit sort of, a, a rough diamond, or I'm saying a diamond, darling, you know, because I obviously think I am, I'm quite ego. But no, I was a bit of a rough stone. And I became sort of smoothed off. I learned to go to Chanel to buy the shoes. I learned to go to Vidal Sassoon, la, 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 la. But really, I was still finding myself. And because I wasn't a model, I couldn't just throw anything on. And then I had my own insecurities. But finally... I suppose I grow up a little bit and it wasn't I think until after I divorced John Frieda that I really thought well this um I'm I'm gonna get back to who I really am I've been this that and the next thing I've been Mrs. Frieda I've been Mrs. Gibb I was married to to to, to Morris Gibb I was I kind of wanted to be married though mm. I liked being married but I had sort of got married too early and I still was finding myself. So it wasn't until after I'd had my son, Jordan, got divorced from John Frieda that I really became, I think I found my style. And you asked what it was. I don't know if I can put it in a nutshell, but it's slightly sort of simple, but although look at me now, I'm dressed like a, a Christmas tree, but slightly more simple but with a rocky edge it's got to have a slightly left of center edge because it's more that's more my soul and my kind of my music and really music is my first love it will be my last so I have beautiful grandchildren I have a wonderful son I have a great life I don't have a partner so I feel at this point in my life, I'm more liberated than I ever was. And I am not wearing a bra today. <laughs> 72, it's taking me just a little while. I never, ever, ever wear skirts or dresses. Not anymore. I did that. I sort of feel I did that so much in the... 60s and 70s and even 80s and I, I really do believe that as a woman gets older especially well it may be especially me to me because I am sort of still in the public eye and I still work so to be true to myself and not look like what did they say uh, Martin dressed as lamb mm -hmm. I think, uh, to be true to myself, I think the trousers and the jacket thing became 
my uniform for a long time. And there would be sometimes like they'd be a little torn or, you know, they'd have some kind of edge to it. I tell you who became one of my icons and you probably don't even know her. Most people here wouldn't know her, but she's a hairdresser called Sally Hirschberger. And Sally dresses a little bit more like a, a boy than a girl. I really like that look best. But I'm also like the feminine thing too. So I'm a bit of a chameleon. Mm. But for work, I like to keep it edgy and keep my legs out of it. Because first of all, my knees have gone. Mm-hmm. They're wrinkly as hell. So I don't want to show them. I don't want to show them. And I, I think once I put a skirt on, I look like I've come from the 60s again. You know, mm. it just... So it's not easy. It's yeah. not easy to find your look. And French women are really good at it, I feel. Do you? They are. But I mean, you know, you look at a French woman, again, it is very much a uniform and it's the tailored trouser and it's the little jacket and it's, you know. And they keep it black and black and navy blue, black and navy blue. blue. And you, white. The way, and that, to me, I find that really boring and, very, and aging. Quite and funny. I would too. I would too. It's like an office outfit. Yeah. Go to the office, yeah. Exactly. Whereas you, this, and and I, I really admire your style, Lulu, especially now. Oh, thank you. And I mean this, and I'm trying. I'm trying to put it into words, but you have that rock edge. But it's not. You know, you put on a leather jacket, and sorry, dogs in the background. You put on a leather jacket, ah. or you wear a fedora. But it's not muttony. You don't look muttony. If I put on the leather jacket or the hat, I would look muttony. And I'm trying to work out why that is. And I think it's because you've got very strong features. I think you've got a strong, really? yeah, I think you've got a strong face. And I don't know, whereas I got quite a sort of, you know, kind of soft face that it doesn't, I, I just look like, I don't know, I can't, I can't, I'm gonna to have to think this one through. I think it's a lot to do with my shape, my size. I have to counteract the fact that really, I have what people still to this day, a look that's cute. That word drives me because it's probably true. You know, you have a, the shape of face that I have. I've studied this too, as much as you have. Mm. And also I have a really good friend. I'm in cahoots with someone who is exactly my size, has probably the similar face. And uh, we like the same music. We like the same style. We sort of think very similarly. She's a businesswoman. She actually was John Frieda's 50-50 partner. She made John famous. She made John successful. And she's, uh, she's kind of like my twin. Mm. And we are study, watch, and we think the same. So we don't argue. No, that's not right. I go, absolutely, got it. Oh, yes. She'll say, oh, I, that, don't, you can't wear that. And I go, why? She goes, look, at, it's not right. I go, oh, absolutely. She says, it's like you look like top heavy or you. We just kind of think the same. And that's got a lot to do with it, relationships in life, isn't it? Mm, yeah. You're on the same page. So we uh, figure it out because we have similar issues too. Mm. Our height round sort of full face so I have to counteract that round cuteness if you like which means that I probably look maybe young from a distance because of the shape of my face and because of my sight and my shape but in fact when it comes to dealing with putting clothes on 
it's really, I think for anyone, it's hard work. And when people complain to me about whatever the issues are, I say, that's your issue. You want to hear mine? You have to sit down because it take a long time. But, you know, we all, as long as we know what our issues is, we have to counteract them or, yeah. or bring our, our, which is more important to be positive, of yeah. course, is to bring out our assets. Yeah. And I think when I wear uh, something that's structured, I don't have very big shoulders. You've got big shoulders. You don't have to wear. I wear shoulder pads all the time and I can't believe I haven't got them in. I wear them all the time. My brother kills himself. He says, have you got your boulder shards in? You've forgotten your boulder shards. Oh my God, you better go home. But you've got, I mean, you do have a lot of fun. You know, it's like- <laughs> And it's fun, yeah. yeah. To see, we came to see you playing with um, Take That with Cisabelle. you did with Isabel. My daughter is Lulu's goddaughter, and you wore you look so great because you had this hat, you had I think you were wearing jeans underneath, and this little vest, and your really fabulous jewelry, and all your rings, and then this wonderful, flowing, very light fabric robe that, that came from Camilla. Where does it come from? She's Camilla, she's Australian, and she's unbelievably talented. Yeah, I and I and a lot of girls wear her outfits on the beach. And to be honest with you, too many certain types of girls wear those outfits on the beach. And yeah. I wouldn't be seen dead in them. Yeah, no, I agree. Because it's just the wrong thing for me. Well, yeah. first of all, they become too, too sort of common. They're, everybody's got this and you walk on the beach, somebody's got your outfit on. Yeah, and if you but, wear something like that, they make, they make women of our age look older. Well, you're way younger than me. But when you, when you, the, the key is, it's how to marry them. Yeah. Where with the hat that I had on, you called it a fedora. I would never call it a fedora and I don't know what it is, but it was a black hat. And it's kind of like, um, Clint Eastwood would maybe wear that hat, you know, but it was black. He wouldn't wear a black one. So I wore this, it was like a cloak, but it was huge. And of course, they let me do this. The boy said to me, you, I know you're like, you know, you could probably pick your outfit yourself. We've got all these amazing outfits, thousands of outfits. And I, I said, I think I've got the outfit. So I had these very tight leggings, jeans, leggings, whatever they were. And I initially went along with very high heels. Yves Saint Laurent, the fabulous sandals, mm. which after the second night, I threw them away. I mean, not threw, but threw them in the dressing room and never wore them again. And I put my sneakers on, I put my converse yeah. on. So I mixed the converse with this big flowered thing, which was rather a glamorous fantasy. And then the hat brought it yeah, down to earth. Exactly. The hat was, to me, the hat was rock and roll and the yeah. outfit was rock and roll. Yeah. But it had a twist to it that not everybody does. And to be honest with you, I watched Cardi B a couple of years ago on uh, maybe the American Music Awards or the Grammys or something. And she wore all flowers and color and color and color. And I thought, I can't just wear black. I've got to have colour. So that's what I thought about. Yeah, no, it's great. And darling, have you, is there anything, do you have like a go-to outfit now? Is there something where you're going in? This thing I've got on right now is so old. This is a go-to every time I don't know what to wear and it's warm. And this is my, well, a girlfriend of mine makes them. She's Indian and they're Indian, but it's like that very thin cotton. Yeah. And it, it's, 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 um, a tunic, you know, it's, it's like Indians wear them. I don't know what it's not a kurta. What is? It's like a, it's like a kurta, but but it's it just goes to. Uh, I always at my age, I hide my bum. I don't let my crotch show, but I can wear tight pants if the the top is long enough, so it's appropriate. 
I mean, I, one of my pet hates is somebody's bum hanging out yeah. and you see the line of their pants, which I know has been always a big thing that you've talked about. And yeah. also the shape has gone. You know, you're not little tight cheeks and you're not a young, young kids get away with a lot of things. But also that's the thing I have to watch because I'm small. I sort of, I think from a distance, I can look like I'm a young person. <laughs> But when you get close up, you go, oh, she's a granny. <laughs> but I like to kind of look sort of sort of like now, but not. So my go-to outfits are long tops, pants. And, oh, there's my dog now. My dog starts. Hey. My darling Isabel. Um, do you have, you've traveled all over the world. You still travel, obviously not in lockdown. Um, but do you have a comfort blanket? Is there something that you, it could be an item, it needn't be an article of clothing, but something that's always with you? I'm ashamed to say it. I'm such a greedy thing. There's no one. I've got lots of things that have to go with me. I travel, my son goes, oh, for God's sake, mother. I mean, you're only coming for the weekend. Do you need to? I, I, nowadays, I need to have a cushion for my bath, mm. whether it's on a plane or in a car. So that for comfort, and that is literally for comfort. And then I have what you're not supposed to have anymore. You can, certainly can't buy them, but I have a chatouche, which is 30, 40, I don't even know how old it is, and it's got little holes in it. It's mm. like, it's, it comes from India. That has to be around my neck. Mm. It is a comfort, it is literally a comfort blanket. So. Before I move, I have to have the little thing for my back. And then if it's my back's not aching, it's got to go. I've got one here right now. My neck, you know. Yeah. For traveling, it's all about comfort. And today, I mean, I used to always, I would never go in flat shoes until I was 45. Can you believe it? And now it's mostly flats. But then if I want to just pick up a little bit, it's wedges. Yeah. That's why I wear the I wear the Converse with the wedges, and they're very hard to find. Mm. Nice, nice. And then, Lulu, what about your? You've got a glamorous event. Is there something that that like a favorite? I guess if you like a tuxedo suit or something. I, I kind of got bored of tuxedos now. I I I, I actually bought. A, can you believe? Just before lockdown, I bought a dress from Stella McCartney, silver lame. It's still got the ticket on it, of course, and it probably would lie in my wardrobe for years. But it's it's a nice length, it's long, and I don't know where I thought I was. I was going some. I think I was going to a wedding, mm. which I obviously didn't go to. Mm. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, it's it's always difficult. Mm. It's I don't have the answers to all the questions, and it's always the struggle to find the right thing. But I must say, isn't it marvelous when you do find something that looks cool and you. It's comfortable. Yeah. It's like, that's a rare yeah, thing. It's so rare. And it's like rare. finding a soulmate. I've, I get as <gasps> excited as the first day I met Steve when I find a, a dress which I know isn't going to make me feel <laughs> yes, tell me about David Bowie because he wrote a song for you, didn't he? Well, he didn't write the song, but he actually recorded the song with me and he sang with me. He played on it, played sax. He produced it and we had a little bit of a fling, David and I. But talk about fashion. I mean, he walked in 
He walked into a hotel I was in Leeds with, with my producer of my television show, BBC television show. And he was with a man who had a big, funny old kind of moustache from who should be in the army. He didn't really talk like that, but he looked like that. He looked like a pipe, you know. And David, David Bowie walks into the, the lobby at the hotel in Leeds, looking like he just got off the, the ship from Mars. Yeah. He was ashen white, 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 because he liked kabuki makeup. Yeah. For I those can... of you who know, it's Japanese makeup that, that yeah. is, they make the face pure white. He, his hair was not red, but orange. I mean, and he would never take the makeup, quite take the makeup off from the night before when he was on stage. So his eyes were all messed up. And I mean, he looked like a wreck, honey, from the Hesperus. Yeah. But I was taken by him because I loved his music. That's what I fell in love with, with, with Morris. I fell in love with his music, you know, and, um, and I, so I was thrilled. But what about those outfits? He was very influenced by Japan, yeah. by all, all those outfits. And let me tell you, if you ever can get a picture of it, he might have been skinny. A lot of my friends go, oh, he's not my type. Oh, I couldn't, oh, I couldn't have fancied him. I said, you'd have got to look at those thighs. I'm telling you, you would have fancied him. And then he'd sing to you, and that was it. You'd be a goner. <laughs> he had the best thighs. He and Naomi, Naomi Campbell and, and David Bowie have the same shaped thighs. Okay. Just shows you how I study crazy things. But yeah, they so. popped out of me. I didn't even have to study them. They came right up. I went, oh, look at them. Oh, oh, darling, you are a goddess. You will always be a goddess to me. And um, it's just so interesting talking to you as Lulu as opposed to Lulu poo paper pants. I've learned so, You have to explain that. what that is, that the your children gave me that name. We went to see, the Lulu is my youngest daughter's godmother. And we went to see a concert in Brighton. And all very excited. The kids were quite was excited. I on with Jules Holland? No, you weren't. You were with oh, Anastasia. Anastasia and Shaka Khan, right. And then we, we turned up and we made this big banner saying, Auntie Lulu poo paper pants. Which like, like trying poo paper coming off it. And, <laughs> and, that's how I, and I came on stage and could hardly hold myself together. because Then I you had, them. you got all of them up on stage. You had like, Joe was on the tambourine, kind of wanting to die. He was hating everyone. <laughs> And then Cece was on the maraca or something, and Esme was doing something else. It was such a moment. You were so, ah. yeah, it's amazing. Well, they're, great. they're great children. I mean, you, you know, you, you and Steen have done the most unbelievable job with those kids. Well, and you, would it's amazing to me. I mean, I can't. I don't know how they've survived. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think that about Jordan too. <laughs> Lulu, what is the if your house was burning down, God forbid, and you had to say one outfit, one iconic outfit, well, they're not here anymore. And to be fair to you, I wouldn't save any clothes. I wouldn't bother at all. Just what I had on. Today, my my values have shifted so much because it's more about the inside job than the outside job. But if I had them, and I have, I gave one to I think. I think because one was a Bill Gibb outfit, the one, the outfit I married John Frieda in, I gave that to a museum. Um, the one that I wore for Morris, I haven't got that either. I don't know what happens. I think I gave it some, some other 
something charity or something. But this is the funny thing. I love these outfits so much because the one I married Morris in, I kind of copied a, uh, a Dr. Zhivago look. Mm. <laughs> you know, with the hood and the oh. mink around the, the fur around the, and the toggles on the, <laughs> and uh, in white. And then what I married John in was a little bit Lawrence of Arabia. Okay. So I said, I, in the end, I actually said to someone once, and I thought it was very funny, but nobody even bothered to, to come back on it. I think I should have married David Lean. I mean, I just loved his films. <laughs> because, but there am I, you know, dressing up. I do love to dress up, you know, and I like to look rock and roll when I'm working and I have a rock and roll bent to me. Mm. But, I, you know, I'm really very much a girly girl and I like dressing up. So that was one of my dressing up moments and they were iconic to me for me. That's if I had them, I would like I would like to have kept them now that I've given them away, but you know, c'est la vie. C'est la vie. All right, my darling. Well, listen, I'm gonna love you and leave you. And uh, All right, love you. All right, look at that hair. See that hair? Oh, oh girls, if you could see that hair, she's got that posh girl hair. Look at it. Too much hair. But it's 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 quite clean. It's just a miracle. It's unbelievable that hair. It's like you look like a lioness. Mm. Well, it, it is really though, isn't it? Now it's really <laughs> All right, my baby, love you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 